One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Guys! In a row? Welcome to Nine Guys Dynasty Football. I am Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth, Master of the Breakdown. And I'm here with Magnum Mills, and we're going to talk about the dynasty value of nine guys in a row. Thank you, sir. I am that Magnum Mills he just referred to. Thank you for checking out Nine Guys Dynasty. Like he said, presented by Season Gap Fantasy Football. Find us wherever you get your pods by searching for Season Gap. We're on social media at Seize the Gap FF, and you can find our YouTube channel at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. If you could, please take a second to just like this video, like the podcast, give us a rating, leave a comment. Just do one of those things. Takes you less than 10 seconds. Really helps people find the show. We really and truly appreciate it. Please and thank you. On this episode, you guys are in for a treat. We're going to do something a little bit different. 10 guys in a row? Nope, 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 nope. In fact, there will not be a set number of guys on this show. Instead, we're going to follow our own advice. Ah, so we're doing the thing. We're just swiping right on everybody, no matter what. That entire strategy is just a variant of the classic George Costanza's do the opposite system. No diggity, no doubt. What we're going to do is break down one of the dynasty teams that we co-owned and figure out our strategy for the upcoming season. All right, this is something I like to do with all my teams, but before we dive into the actual roster here, let's just kind of do a basic overview of what we're trying to accomplish. Again, this is something I do all my teams every year. I would recommend that you do the same. What you want to do is you want to lay out all your assets, that's generally your players, your future draft picks. You want to break down your team by position, try to identify the position you're strongest at, positions you're weakest at. If you have to make roster cuts sometime this offseason, you need to right now identify the players you would have to cut if the cutdowns were tomorrow. You need to evaluate your available draft picks. It's too early to try to dig like really into like, oh, do I want the, is that much better to have the 105 than the 107 or things like that. But you just at least want to get a feel for where you kind of stand as far as the picks you have versus the other teams in your league. And this is the case because the rookie drafts are coming up in a couple months. As you get closer to the draft, the picks tend to become more valuable. Theoretically, the most valuable a rookie pick ever is, is when it's on the clock. I'm more personally about a week before, so like right after the NFL draft, there tends to be a frenzy and then things slow down a little bit. But you definitely are in a scenario where if you want to shop for picks, you're better off doing them sooner than later. And you want to take a look around the other teams in your league, try to figure out if each team is a contender, a rebuilder, or somewhere in the middle. And then you want to try to kind of go around, you figured out those teams, and you want to kind of match up what you have to offer, what you want, with what other teams have to offer and what they might want. And set a couple of goals for yourself, what you want to accomplish in the offseason, right up until the new season starts. And then you're going to want to reevaluate everything again, probably a couple of weeks before the season, sometime in August. And the one thing, too, Magnum Mills, that I think we just, you got to point out, is just the mental aspect of dealing with the most ridiculous absurd stupid trade offers and just managing that flow and, and making sure that you don't you know you're willing to know how far you'll go because sometimes you might find yourself in a situation where you're just kind of like riding an emotion and somebody will send you something and you know maybe it's not the best i just caution people there's going to be a wave and you're going to have a little break where you haven't had it from the trade deadline. And then all of a sudden there's going to be like a wave of these crazy, ridiculous stuff coming in. Just be ready for that mentally because it can be taxing depending on certain leagues. 
yes, I've definitely in one league already been annoyed by someone who keeps trying to trade me Leonard Fournette. I, like, I, I know he's playing right now, but these points don't count, man. No one knows what Uncle Lenny's going to be next year. There's no way I'm giving you a first round. Like, I don't want to give you anything for Uncle Lenny, and you're not even, like, trying to be reasonable here. Yes, that can be frustrating, but you can also see the other side of it. Like, last year, Gabe Davis going into the playoffs, he was a fine kind of stash player, like a wide receiver four, and then he blows up for four touchdowns. Like, So, yes, every league where I had Gabe Davis, I was like, if you will give me first round pick for Gabe Davis, I will take it because he is way more valuable now than he was two hours ago, basically. But, you know, that's kind of hit or miss. Gabe Davis is definitely still more valuable than he was, but he didn't quite hit the heights that we were hoping to. So, you know, it's one of those things I can understand why somebody's doing that. But yeah, like you can get some bad offers and it can be really frustrating. So you kind of have to grind through. If it comes down to it, just kind of train yourself to ignore offers from certain owners if you know it's just going to be a mess. Or block them if you're capable on the website. This is an FFPC, one quarterback head-to-head league, pretty standard stuff, nothing crazy, PPR scoring, but it is a tight end premium, so tight ends will get one and a half points per reception. Your starting lineup is one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two running back, wide receiver, tight end, flex option, one kicker, one defense special teams. Now, you can carry 20 players in season with three IR spots, but... We have to cut down from 16 players by the end of March. You have to carry a valid starting lineup, which means we can only keep 14 positional players. We've got all seven of our picks, and we have the first pick in each round, which Magna Mills, I'm pretty happy about. It's one of those things, good news, bad news. I mean, we probably know we're taking uh, Bijan Robinson at the 101, barring something crazy happening. But don't look at that and say, oh, this is a bad team. We were the first team that missed out of the playoffs. We missed by two victory points. That's literally just one week if we would have pulled out a victory, scored a couple more points in the right place, we would have gotten in. And the way the FFPC works is the six teams who don't make the playoffs all go in their own little playoff bracket. And they play that out. The winner of it gets 101. So even though we're the last team in, we won all three of our games there. Got the 101. So that puts us, I think, in a pretty good spot to start our offseason. So that lays out our draft assets. But what does our roster look like? All right. We'll do it uh, Swiss beat style from the top down. Put the jury on. And I think it's going to pretty quickly become obvious where our strengths and weaknesses lie. At quarterback, we have Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy. At running back, we have Rashad White, James Cook, Raheem Mostert, Pierre Strong, Keontae Ingram. At wide receiver, we have Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jerry Judy, Rondell Moore, David Bell, Tyquan Thornton. At tight end, we have T.J. Hawkinson, Dawson Knox, Mike Gusecki, and Jelani Woods. Seems pretty easy here to break down our position groups. Look, man, I think our wide receivers are fantastic. I'm I'm pretty excited about particularly our top four uh, and Jamar Chase, Waddle, A.J. Brown, and Garrett Wilson. I think we've got a great combination of youth, skill on teams that have good offenses bearing the Garrett Wilson thing. But, dude, even with as bad as that offense and quarterback play was, he looked to be the real deal. So we're really excited about that. Tight end, I thought, you know, shit, dude, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about tight end, too. That was actually outside of wide receiver. Kind of jumps off the page to me here with Hawkinson as our tight end one. We got some quality depth here with Knox and Gusecki. We'll see what happens where Gusecki goes if he, you know, stays in Miami. I think he's probably on his way somewhere else, so there's a little bit of unknown there. And Jelani Woods was a player that I liked a lot and just hoping that we get more consistency out of him. And, again, depends on what happens, who's playing quarterback for the Colts as we go in, who's coaching the Colts, Colts and what's the offensive scheme, et cetera, et cetera, as we go in 
win. So some question marks there, but TJ Hawkinson and Dawson Knox are players that are going to, you know, be look to be on strong offenses for the foreseeable future. So I like that. Not so much depth at running back, you know, Cook and White seem like solid duo to build around here, but outside of that, Raheem Mostert, at times he flashed. Can he stay healthy? What roster he's going to be on? Pierre Strong, Kante Ingram, a lot to be, a lot to figure out there. So that might be something that needs you know some addressing. And then quarterback is probably a position where we'll basically have to start from scratch. Russell Wilson obviously busted for us, no value there. Brock Purdy. While I'm excited about that, we certainly need to add to it. We just don't know what's going to happen there. Brock Purdy is becoming more interesting by the week. I think that is fair to say, if nothing else. I, I think you're pretty much spot on there. And that gives us 21 total players. So if it happened that way tomorrow, we have a kicker in defense. I don't know what they are. You have to carry one. We're just carrying whatever we have. We'll worry about that next year. Our five cuts we would make right now would probably be Deontay Agram, Pierre Strong, Raheem Mostert, either Purdy or Wilson, because you have to keep one quarterback. And would probably be the toughest cut for me, probably either Tyquan Thornton or David Bell. Again, both kind of prospect types at wide receiver, but I really hate bailing on a rookie after just one season, especially with Thornton, who didn't get on the field a lot, and Bell, who didn't play a lot, and he barely played with Deshaun Watson, who will be his quarterback going forward. Both of those teams need people to step up and eat some targets, so I'm still excited about both players. I think Ingram's a pretty easy cut. He was basically, you want to own him because he was the James Conner handcuff. New regime there, so probably not going to happen. I like Pierre Strong, and he could be James White down the road, but that's still probably down the road, at least past Ronder Stevenson. So two years there. Again, Mostert's going to be 30-year-old running back. He'll hook on somewhere. He's just not worth a lot. Purdy and Wilson are kind of just, you know, again, borderline ownable in a 1QB format. So, you know. It is what it is. Maybe we could, you know, flip some of these guys by putting them together, but there's not going to be like a big crowd beating down your door to buy Raheem Mostert because all the other teams are going to have to make these cutdowns as well. That's the roster, man. We've got the 1.01 and the first pick in every round after that as well. I'm excited about this, man. How do we play it? Like I said before, it's pretty much the Texas running back, Bijan Robinson. He's a guy, I mean, he will have to like, I don't even know. Well, I mean, obviously an injury could come into play, but short of an injury, he could not run and still be the 101. So I can't imagine what kind of horrible testing it would take. And even that didn't kill Dalvin Cook, but that was in a more crowded class. I think you got a clear top two with Robinson and Jamar Gibbs running back out of Alabama. He's probably going to be the 102 in this format. There hasn't been a wide receiver that's kind of really differentiated themselves and stood out to be in their own tier yet. And it would be a little bit different in super flex leagues. They, all those guys getting uh, getting up in there in that mix for the 101, 102, 103. But in our case, I think pretty much Bijan Robinson there, which will help our running back core because then all we really need is to get a running back two out of James Cook and Rashad White. So I think this is going to work out pretty well for us. Yeah. Uh, you know, being able to snag a true blue chipper dude, boom, two thumbs up for me. And I, yeah, I don't disagree at all. But where do you stand on shopping? the 1.101 around. I mean, you just made a really compelling reason why we should stay uh, and just stand pat and and you're gonna have to sell me here. I don't know that I, you know, certainly I wouldn't just trade it just to trade it, but do you think we should at least dip a, you know, dip the tip or dip a toe in the pool here, so to speak, just to see what the market would yield for that if we could move down to even 1.02 or, or a little bit further down in round one? Like, well, any thoughts on that? See, that's probably the key is if you like two running backs and you have them in the same tier there, that's where you don't mind dropping down and then it all comes down to a personal preference things or whatever. But at this point, I would say 
I'm not going to like just tell everybody there is no way I will trade this trade, but if somebody wants it, I'm going to ask for like the world and everything in it. You know, Robinson is probably going to be pretty close to that top tier of running backs. Your, your Brees Hall, your Jonathan Taylor, you know, maybe he's, you know, probably somewhere above like Travis Etienne. It's funny, I've, I've done quarterback and tight end rankings. I haven't done my integrated rankings with the rookies at four running back or wide receiver. So I'm still working on that. It's one of those things, if somebody wants to massively overpay, I, I believe in one of my leagues, Somebody was so hyped on Jonathan Taylor at the 101 that they traded Christian McCaffrey and a future first for it. That future first became Brees Hall. So, yes, I would trade, you know, in that scenario, you had Brees Hall turn into Christian McCaffrey, or excuse me, and Jonathan Taylor turn into Brees Hall and Christian McCaffrey. So, never say never, but I think that's pretty much the deal. If somebody, you know, wants the 101, you're not taking like two random firsts or, you know, a couple of, they have to be giving you like real assets. Not You don't want a volume package deal. Like if you're going to move off the one-on-one, you want, like you said, another blue chip player, an extra first, and like another like almost blue chip player or something like that. Like you want to go hard and you, you have nothing to lose here. You either get the Godfather offer and you make it or you just stick there and you take your guy one-on-one. So I feel pretty safe. And, you know, again, depends on the draft time too. When you get picks in the NFL draft, things could change slightly, like how you saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire go to the Chiefs at the end of the first round, so that put him ahead of Jonathan Taylor in a lot of leagues, so, you know, when you also solicit offers makes a bit of a difference. If I'm hearing you right here, I think what I'm hearing you saying is if somebody wants to make the absolute godfather offer, hey, it is what it is, but otherwise, you'd rather wait until the NFL draft to do anything else. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying, especially because this is a team that really feels like, all right, we need an elite RB1 and we got to solidify the quarterback position. In a one QB league, it's not that difficult to solidify the quarterback position. We're having a theoretical RB1 fall into our laps here. So this is probably a case of where you don't want to overthink it. You know, but once again, if you get somebody who's willing to absolutely like make some crazy, insane offer, you know, that's what... You always see those deals on Twitter or something. You're like, man, how did somebody, you know, how did somebody get that? You know, if you're on the other side of that, sometimes, you know, that's why it's called the Godfather offer. You can't say no. It's an offer you can't refuse. As I look around the league, it seems like a pretty mixed bag here. There's 11 other teams, and I that I and I basically are I'm counting four real contenders out of those 11. Two are are true rebuilders, in my opinion, and five other teams. Some are kind of in the middle, middle of the pack. Where do you want to start? I think probably quarterback makes the most sense because you're going to have the most options here. And again, it's a one QB league. I'm really not a fan of paying up and trading for, you know, I basically don't want to get into a universe where I start trading away first round picks for a quarterback in a one QB format, but I'm definitely willing to make a deal. But you will also see value be there in the third, fourth, fifth round of these drafts because all these teams have to make cutdowns. And even during the season, you'll find somebody on waivers. I mean, last year, people were picking up Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. There will be some version of that going on this year. But I think what you want to do here is we want to find teams that are probably going to have to cut some quarterbacks and they just have too many. So we need to be on the lookout for teams who have basically three or more quarterbacks or any of those rebuilding teams who have veteran quarterbacks that they might be looking to move on from. And there are five teams carrying three or more QBs. Uh, team two has JA17, Josh Allen, Danny Tripps, Danny Falls, Danny Jones, Trey Lance, and Kenny Smallhands Pickett. Team four has Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford. Ooh. Team five has Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Jordan Love. Team eight has Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and Justin Fields. Team 11 has Geno Smith, 
Tua Tagliavoa, and Trevor Lawrence. Nice. I mean, you get the really kind of run the, the whole gauntlet there of the different kind of things you might have available. I'd say right off the top, teammate only really has Justin Fields. Ritter and Willis are pretty weak prospects in this format. I wouldn't necessarily hate getting Fields. I mean, I might do maybe the 201 and take your pick of Wilson Purdy for him, but I don't think that dude is going to do that. Again, Ritter and Willis probably won't make his cut, so they will be available in the rookie draft if we want a shot at them. Team five is basically, do we have any interest in Kirk Cousins? I think if you're going to kind of go with a quarterback by committee situation, I don't mind having Cousins as one of the two guys, but that's really more of a fallback option for me. Team 11 would probably be happy to come off of Geno Smith for cheap, but again, kind of a fallback option. We could be the team that takes a chance on Tua. I'm definitely worried about the concussion issues, but that's going to drive his price down. You might have an owner who's just like, I would like to get a late third round pick for Tua and I'm happy to get that and just check out kind of deal. We do have Waddle, so it makes it a little bit of interesting. Team four also makes a little bit of sense, depending on what you want to do. He'll probably cut Matthew Stafford. There is certainly the possibility for a bounce back year there, especially with Sean McVay coming back. Again, he would be like dirt cheap. You basically take him off his hands for a roster spot, probably like six, seventh round pick. Derek Carr is a total wild card. There are a couple of spots where he could land that it would at least make him interesting. I think he's definitely a guy I always prefer in best ball, but there are certainly scenarios where he can put up a QB one season next year. I mean, if Geno Smith could do it, it's a team that an aging roster that owns him, but I don't think he would do it straight up for Raheem Mostert. That's maybe the deal I would do. I don't think he's going to do that. Team two is definitely our best fit as a trade partner. I know you'd love to do something crazy, but they are locked into Josh Allen. And because they have Josh Allen, one QB league, they cannot feasibly carry four quarterbacks in the long term. This is one of those teams that's in the middle, not a true contender, not rebuilding, which gives us a couple of interesting options. We could trade for Trey Lance and keep Brock Purdy. Then we pretty much just have the 49ers starting quarterback. There are certainly worse things to have. Or because he has Lance, you could try to trade Purdy to him or possibly, you know, maybe you have to throw in a little something. I don't know what the mechanics would be to get Danny Jones or Kenny Pickett. They're both kind of interesting. You could even try to trade for both of them and go forward with that as your QB by committee duo. The only thing I will say is the dude does have George Pickens and you, know, you like that, the big, the PP hookup there. You got the Pickett, you got the Pickens. But there's also a world where maybe if we wanted to get Pickett, we could get Pickens back. We have some extra wide receivers. You could start throwing, say, Jerry Judy into the deal. I don't know. I think there's a world where we could expand this deal. But if we're shopping for a quarterback, I think this team, Team 2, is probably the place we would start. Yeah, I mean, you, you make a fantastic point, Magnum Mills. When you're looking at these rosters, you got to pinpoint to, to your kind of keys to success earlier in the in this in this podcast. Identify who could be a potential trade partner. When you look at these five teams, Team 2 there's no way they're going to be able to not play Josh Allen. So, you know, that leaves some room to bear there. And they've got, you know, three three different options that give us some interesting choices. So, like what you're putting down there. Let's look at the other side of this. Who are we trying to trade away? You know, we mentioned it earlier. We've got some folks that we think we can kind of get rid of and some other folks that are on the bubble. I know we've got these guys who, you know, on, on potential kind of roster cuts for us. But who else should we be looking to move here? I mean, the, of the roster cuts, Mostert is the one that by himself might bring back a tiny something. Someone who's got an extra roster spots like, I'll give you a six-round pick in 2024 from Mostert. That's probably about what you're going to be able to do. I think Rondell Moore is kind of interesting because he's a guy I love, and he certainly has like his stands out there. He has true believers, but he's going into year three, struggle with injuries. You have a new coaching regime. Kyler Murray won't be 100% to start 
until you know maybe mid-season. At least they're going to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. That's what I would be used to trying to sell him. And the Cardinals have so many holes. Can they really go out there and take another receiver with a top, you know, with a first or a second round pick? So I think there are ways you can sell him. Just when you look at our roster, he's our wide receiver six. I don't know when we'd ever be starting him except for an occasional bye week. So if we can find a guy who still loves him, I think he might be an interesting one to move on from. And I also say that as a guy who has a lot of exposure to him in other leagues, so I don't mind losing a share here or there. But looking at our roster, I think tight end's probably the, the obvious position to deal from here because we got the stud wide receivers. You're probably only going to be starting one tight end on a weekly basis, and that's most likely going to be TJ Hawkinson. So Mike Gusecki especially sticks out because he's going to sign with somebody in his suit. As soon as he signs with a team that's actually willing to use him and throw him the football, he is going to get a nice value bump. So I'd pretty much say he's a guy we should move, but we should wait till he signs up for agency and hopefully he goes somewhere fun. Mills, you know Dawson Knox is my guy. Absolutely love the dude. He just, not only is he a great dude, at times he just makes the most amazing plays. But unless the Bills offense changes the way they do business, he's probably going to continue to be inconsistent and border on that Bob boomer bust kind of category now as i as we film this he's had five touchdowns in the last five games so you know you know touchdown and, and really probably should have had two you know in wild card uh weekend where, where one got called back on a kind of questionable whether it hit the the, the ground or not but they, he's not a a you know integral part of moving the chains in the offense as much as i certainly would want him to be um, he doesn't get enough volume to that point to really, you know, capitalize on this tight end premium league and the tight end premium scoring of one and a half points per PPR. I'm not saying we should run out and trade Dawson Knox, but if he continues this trend of a touchdown per game and it has a strong postseason, Lord willing, wins a Super Bowl, I think shopping him, you know, makes some sense. Just especially, you know, the deeper the bills go, the more valuable some of those players are going to be. Yeah, unfortunately, and like you said, it there's just no way you're going to see him consistently pulling down eight targets a week or something like that. He's going to have to get it done with touchdowns. And to be honest with you, that's a tight end these days. That's kind of the name of the game. There's only a couple of tight ends that are getting real significant volume, but it also can work again. Like we're talking about the guy, you know, trying to make a deal with a guy who has Josh Allen. Dawson Knox would be more attractive to him than probably to any other team. You know, again, you want to go with the playoff effect. You, you do get guys that get a little bit hot here and the you know the touchdown in five straight games is definitely you know a nice selling point to have especially if he can keep it up through the uh you know the remainder of the off the postseason here yes it would and i think we've got a pretty good handle on this team man so what are our off-season goals what do we want to accomplish here Personally, I think obviously upgrading at quarterback makes a lot of sense. We talked about, you know, the opportunity of a blue chipper at, at, at running back for us. What else makes the list for you? Quarterback is definitely there. We do want to get ahead of the game with trying to make some trades to open up roster spots so we don't need to just cut guys. But I believe the roster cut deadline is March 31st, and you have a lot of teams that wait until like March 28th to start trying to make deals. That will help get some activity to kickstart the market, but you're way better off being ahead. And the other thing you're better off being ahead on is acquiring future picks. Like we're talking about picks from 2024 right now. In almost every league, there's like one or two teams that trade away their future picks pretty much every year. You want to find out who those teams are and try to be one of the first ones that goes to them and gets those picks. 
generally those teams are you know they're trying to contend they think they're contenders but i cannot tell you the number of times a team trades away their first round pick thinking they're going to be a contender and it winds up being like a top three pick and then they rage quit the league so definitely now is the time start buying those picks now when you're you know up to the trade deadline in november of the next year teams have a pretty good idea that they're only trading away a late burst or something this is the best time of year to get a surprise early first round pick we are five star men not four not six or even nine just like these nine guys in nine guys dynasty presented by seize the gap fantasy football thank you for listening or watching we greatly appreciate you if you could go ahead and take the second it takes to like this youtube video or rate the podcast wherever you happen to be enjoying it really helps other people find our show and we appreciate you magna mills anything for the fellas I would have gone more of the Tupac to your mama, like, you are appreciated. But, you know, that's minor quibble there. Just remind them, you know, do the thing, the like, the subscribe, the whatnot. Find the podcast wherever you get your pods by searching for Seize the Gap on the social meds at Seize the Gap FF. And the YouTube channel is at JoeBlowFootballShow.com. Thanks again for watching. I'm Magna Mills. He's Jamie G. And that was uh, nine interesting thoughts about a Dynasty roster. Maybe there were nine in a row. And don't you worry, we're going to continue to wrap up 2022 for a couple more weeks. It's almost time to shift into 2023 mode and get ready to wheel and deal in anticipation of free agency. We'll see you then. In a row. <laughs>